Hi, I'm Jacqueline Freeman. And I'm Sarah Korn. You're listening to Kitchen Table Alchemy, living in full color. This is a podcast for people who see and spread the magical in everyday life. All right, welcome. So um, today, this episode is going to be called Inaugurate Your Life. Yeah, because right? we're two days away we from... Are. The Donald. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting From inaugurated. The inauguration of a new era. So so what we what we wanted to spend some time today talking about is like how we can inaugurate our life, right? Like it is it's it's time to really sit and think about what our intentions are, right? Right. Because like, this is something that feels like it, it falls into that category of things you can no longer directly control, right? The election is over. And, the ship has you sailed. Know, right, that ship has sailed. Yeah, so I had lots of dreams of turning, of tempestuous ships last night, by the way. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So The ship has sailed. We're out of the harbor. You know, the storm is coming and the rocks are too jagged to go back into harbor. So uh, there, there needs to be like a certain level of acceptance about that. Um, but but yeah, it's a good time. Not to complacency, s- but acceptance exactly of because we the can't facts. we can't. Eckhart Tolle talks about this, right? That like if you're sinking into quicksand, you have to accept that, that you're, you're sinking, sinking in quicksand, quicksand before right. you can do anything about it, right? right? So this is not. It's not condoning. It's not being okay with. It's not complacency. But there does have to be an acceptance. Before you can change anything, right? This is where we are. So, um, but to to take like a lot of people are, um, and Paige Sullivan and I had had a conversation. She was a guest guest host a couple episodes back, and we had had a conversation about. And this is part of why I started the spiritual activism class, right? Because we had this conversation about how we've got to find a new way to to build our future. We have to find a new way to disrupt the status quo, right? Because like marching and things like this, like it's expected. It's not disrupting anything anymore. It was, it did civil disobedience in the way that we think of it, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting at lunch counters, blocking traffic, going across bridges, like, you know, these kinds of things. Like it was very new in the civil rights movement, which is why it was effective. Right. Yeah. It was very new. It that circuit couldn't keep going, right? Yeah. But now we've gotten to a place where um, was talking to Paul Sprawl, the the artist that did the house concert last night. We stayed until like twelve thirty last night talking. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about how so often now protests are actually led by the police. Really? Right? I mean, the police are lining the street. Oh, the like oh, we know are... they're gonna have a protest, so let's start getting everything ready, kind right. of thing. Right. So you kind of yeah. do what the police tell you to, you know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, a lot of people are going to Washington D.C. There's sister marches all over the country on Saturday, um, and so there's a lot of really great posts going out, like you know, don't yell at the police, don't antagonize, don't do anything illegal. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. like carry your toilet paper with you in case the porta potties run out. Oh, like, fun. You know, so there's all these like really awesome sort of like <laughs> from seasoned protesters, right? Like yeah. how to how to how to navigate the waters, right? Interesting. Um, but um but I think at the same time I've been thinking a lot like we and I agree with Paige that there's there's something else we need to be 
thinking something new ways. that's a disruptor the way right because this was, isn't a disruptor you know, anymore 50 years ago right yeah. we want the circuit to quit running electricity through it right mm-hmm. that's why there's a lot of people marching um and i think there are a lot of people that have spent a lot of time setting intention and are aware that when we're against something we're actually feeding it energy right right yeah. um and so they are marching for they are marching in solidarity they are and 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 there is a sort of like political pilgrimage to that right yeah. there's a lot and i was going to dc i'm not anymore i changed my plans a couple weeks ago because i felt called to be here in phoenix right um and we'll be doing a ritual like Saturday afternoon, right? Yeah. So whether people have marched or not. Um... And I was thinking about going to the sister march that's here in Phoenix, which is Saturday morning. And um, and then I realized earlier this week, I was like, you know what? I, you know, as I was reading all this stuff on the news about Trump and his cabinet, and just it's like three stories a day now about just crazy stuff having to do with Trump. And I was just like, like some really bad reality show. I know. And I'm like, I just, I don't think I can go to that March and be in solidarity. Like that's not how I'm feeling. And I don't know it. uh, Well, I think the solidarity (laughs) is coming to be in solidarity, not with Trump and his cabinet, right? but in solidarity with people of color, with Muslims. Yeah, no, it, the people that are on the I associate right marches as a protest, mm. right? And so I'm like, yeah, I if I'm you. there, that's going to bring out my I hate you, Trump, and everything right. you stand for yeah. kind of side. God, I feel you on that. And I, I was know. like, I don't want to do that. I want to do something that actually feels like this is something you do in solidarity. So what um, I'm going to do instead, and this was before... I, I want to come to your thing on Saturday afternoon now, too. But, um, like, there's a... To celebrate the Chinese New Year, there's a Chinese cultural festival that's going on the following weekend, I think, like, the beginning of February. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's something... Yes, let's go. Let's celebrate, you know, diversity. And especially with everything that's... You know, how Trump is, like, antagonizing China over Taiwan. Right. And I feel bad for Taiwan, that they're, like, it's getting caught in the middle, in the middle this of this. Tiny little island stuck in I the know. middle between these two giants. Oh. Like, oh, So I'm going to the Chinese festival as in support of yeah. diversity and, you know, community. And actually, Taipei, I believe, which is um, the capital of Taiwan, is sister city to Phoenix. Oh, really? the sister cities program. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. My sons have gone uh, for several years um, through their school summer program. They have like a Chinese culture week where they would go and spend the whole week learning, you know, calligraphy and martial arts and Chinese yo-yo and all these different kind of fun things. And then they do yeah. a performance at the end. And it was a really cool event. Um, and uh, and they really went all out with it, which I'm kind of learning is apparently a Chinese thing. Yes, <laughs> and um, on on their performances, yeah, yeah they took it very the very seriously. It was like a three hour yeah. presentation that yeah. they would do at the end of the week. No, like totally. it was incredible. Like, when I would do this stuff right through the World Academy feature of mm-hmm. and being at CS University in Henan, like. <laughs> the orientation program uh-huh. that they have blows your mind. Wow. Like, I'm sure there are theaters on Broadway that wish they had that budget. Like, <laughs> you know, the costumes, the music, the background, 
like and everything so finely choreographed and you know yeah like, it is literally phenomenal it wow. really is and you can't like you would pay 120 dollars a seat for a show of that production with that production value right you know and yeah. it's, it's college kids in their like opening award assembly assembly right. not awards but just their opening assembly like yeah. freshman orientation <laughs> assembly like wow mind blown yeah, yeah it's really incredible so to me that feels like an activity that is you know, families are going to go, yeah. there's food, there's drink, there's yeah. music, there's, you know. And the lunar, the, I mean, we call it Chinese New Year, and my partner is Chinese, so I call it Chinese New Year, because <laughs> we celebrate Chinese New Year. But of course, all the countries in Asia are celebrating Lunar New Year, right? right? So okay. um, so I don't know if there's it's like... based Leo, on the lunar I, Right, I don't know if there's like right. the oceans, they're like, oh, yeah. we also do it, it's not and just I'm Chinese. And I'm sure but, that the, um, the Jewish calendar is also that's based quite, on the lunar. Well, the Jewish calendar is based on the lunar, I don't... Okay. It might be I different. Don't I? I know it's I based on the lunar. When the that's, new year is. That is why Hanukkah moves yes, every is. year is because there it's based on the lunar calendar. Yeah. No, and the, well, the <laughs> Muslim calendar is the same way. The Hijri calendar. Mm -hmm. um, it's also lunar, and so their their new year. Their new year actually shifts all the way around the calendar. Oh really? So the. The like Asian Lunar New Year is always somewhere January end of January, right? begin to February, right? It's always lands in that space. Um, so, but like the Hijri calendar actually does rotate around the calendar, right? Like Hajj and um, and Ramadan, you, you know, they will experience fasting in all seasons because huh. it will walk its way all the way through the calendar. So, um, so, the so there's year different also types of lunar based there's a calendars. Lot of, there's okay. a lot of different calendars and there's a lot of lunar calendars and they have different ways of marking things. And <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, it's right? Like there's so many different ways. Like, to count the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Gregorian calendar is absolutely not the only one. But, but yeah, I think, you know, back to this idea of like inaugurate our lives, right? To really, to really sit and think about what our intentions are to be honest about what we want to write and that was one of the things that got me to change my mind about going to dc i had the same thing i i was not confident in my ability to be in dc and not fall into protest energy right and yeah. be anti which means i'm feeding him right, right. and for some people i think even for some people that have always just kind of gone with the flow and swallowed and whatever, like it may be really useful and helpful and healthy for them to protest to stand they never with a raised fist before, and right? scream, you know, yeah. like I have screamed with a raised fist for many, many years. You know what I mean? That's not a new experience for me. <laughs> and so, so I didn't feel like it was healthy and I, I didn't think like it was the best way for me to do that. Hmm. And because I would be traveling and because it would be really cold and you know what I mean? Like, I just knew I'm going to be agitated and raw is definitely my default <laughs> when I'm tired, hungry, lonely. You know what I mean? The right, whole, whole exactly. thing, like, raw, that is totally my default. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so it was like, okay, I don't, I don't have confidence in my ability not to fall into that energy if I go all the way up there. Yeah. And I don't know that that is the best use for my energy mm -hmm. right now. Right. So I do feel more confident to be able to possibly do something in Phoenix along those lines and be able to maintain that. I know the Phoenix area well enough to move out and take a breath and come back in if I need to. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? 
Um, and I don't know if we're marching. I think we're just standing, which oh, means that on the on Saturday. I think so. I need to do a little more research. Um, so because I it's all been meet at the Capitol building. So I think we're hmm. I think we're just just gathering gathering in at the Capitol building, which then it's it is easier to say, hey guys, let's you know whatever, hold hands and sing kumbaya, whatever, what, whatever, <laughs> yeah, like, something um, of a unit, so, something unity that's going to be nature. thinking about like yeah you know, where I, where I want to have my energy. But this idea of, of course, to come to these conclusions, had to really sit down and think about what is it that I want? What is it that I want to call in? What do I want to inaugurate into power in my life? Right. Right. How do you want to use your energy? Yeah. Basically, because we all have the energy of our intentions and we yeah. can use that however we want to. And so it's about making a conscious choice of, where you want to put it right and who do I want and it it doesn't mean that I don't have all these parts of me right because and this is something we talk about over and over again is embracing the shadow and like there's a being, part of, that does want to protest and yes, say that down is, with Trump that or is whatever, in my you cat know, you know but, maybe that's in my cabinet like yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got to have my rebel in the cabinet that's going to stand up at the mic and ruffle everybody's feathers and make everyone think a little bit more about what's going on right um, and not just kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, like, put your rubber stamp on it, let's move on, you know, like, there's definitely something to be said for the person that stands up and rabble rouses at the mic, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, is that who I want sitting in the executive chair in this yeah. time to come, right? Like, really thinking about what is it, what do I want in that executive chair in my life? what do I want to be my closest advisor? Who do I want taking over if this one right, isn't who's in, in the seat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. then who's in my cabinet, right? Like what, what kind of, um, what are, what are my priority projects going to be? You know, yeah. like, um, and I know for me, and I think a big part of the sort of like dark night of the soul that I'm now beginning to see twinkles of light um, to get through that, but the sort of Persephone's journey that so many of us have been on um, since November. Through the underworld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all been traveling through the underworld. And this is the thing with like Greek mythology. It was always understood that you passed through the underworld. You didn't stay there. Right. Right. You passed, passed through, through and came out. And the then you came side. back out again, you know? So, so, um, so I feel like, you know, I'm starting to see the, the glimmers of spring or whatever. <laughs> the first crocus is poked through like that journey through the underworld is starting to come out and I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more clarity on what it is that's really important to me and how I feel like I can contribute to my community. And I'm seeing that um, my passions really lie in creative community, right? Creating creative community and having a space where people feel free to explore their creativity, right? In whatever form that takes, whether that's music, which is why we do the house concerts and encouraging people to write, encouraging people to paint, encouraging people to dance, encouraging people to do whatever it is. Or just crafts or yeah. Yeah, totally. Of, of like creative nature. You know, I mean, I've experienced in my own life, both what it does to me on the inside, when what it does to me on the inside. And I've also been on the other side of people that aren't like 
fully expressing that creative part of themselves. And um, Jung writes about this extensively. Actually, it's fascinating. But um, Brene Brown said it very succinctly that uh, unexpressed creativity is not benign. Right. Right. And um, and so for me, that's that's something that's really important. And so on the 20th, on Inauguration Day, I am having a craft night. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my answer to that. Right. Like, right. Um, so I'm going to have a craft night. If people want to come and make signs for the march the next day, then that's fine. Right. But they don't have to. Right? But they don't they have do to. Any kind like, of exactly. So whatever that that project is that's been sitting in the corner that you got started and didn't finish or the thing that you um, bought all the materials for. <laughs> like how many of us have gone through Michael's or Joanne's, right? And like, and then, that would be so cool. Like, yeah, and you stuff. like, yeah. you know, like people say like, why would I spend $5 on this thing when I can spend 90 in Michael's on the, on the supplies to make it? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that, that yeah, it costs a lot more to buy the supplies to make something yourself. <laughs> right, no, it's really true. Than to just buy something like that done. No, but it's, you know, I mean, it is that like being able to, to be busy and to you know i mean it's really fulfilling and beautiful and does a lot of things so so that is my like that's something that i want to inaugurate into my life right is to have more creation more creativity more more sticky gluey fingers you know from 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 putting things together mm-hmm. than fingers that are sticking to a keyboard because i'm raging at somebody in a facebook thread like, right <laughs> so and um and that sort of answer of uh, in this sort of vein of um you know looking to what we're going to inaugurate into our lives over this next s- section of time right um one of my friends from high school i had, had this amazing class in high school actually and you know we always have these ideas like oh high school is like a bunch of losers and life is so much better after high school and so i also thought these things and then got out into the world and realized like wow no people are losers outside of high school (laughs) right and we just had this exceptional class so like class of 89 at white station high school in memphis tennessee and you know there are a couple classes below and a couple classes ahead like we knew each other right Mm -hmm. like theater and debate class and stuff like this. So it was a magnet program. Um, So it was like a gifted program that drew from all over the city. Um, But one of the women that graduated in my class with me, her name's Portia Trask, she wrote something this morning on Facebook that I just thought was fantastic. She said, the confirmation hearings are just that, confirmation of all that you heard and thought prior. Know this to be true. There will be no leadership at the federal level for our schools, housing issues, transportation, water, parks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Money will not be available via the old traditional funding methods. Now is your chance to implement. If you have a great idea, do it. Be wildly creative, team up, ask for forgiveness for your success, and do not wait for permission to succeed. Treat this like working for an incompetent boss and work towards the next level. Yeah. Brilliant, right? Yeah. So well. Just accept that (laughs) this is how things are for the next four years and it's up to us. Or longer. And get, yeah, like get get to work. Don't say that. Don't say or longer. We need to accept Uh, that too. Wait, why do we need to accept that? I mean, we need to accept the possibility of it. I think a lot of people are using like, well, you know, just four years. And so they're just going to like, 
sit with their finger up their nose and watch Netflix and like wait for it to blow over in four years. I don't think we can make the assumption it's going to blow over in four years. Well, I don't think it's about making the assumption, but when people, but there's also an assumption when, when you go, well, it could be eight years. That's an assumption too. Like, oh, because he's the incumbent, of course he's going to get reelected. That's also an well, assumption. I, that I, I don't, personally I don't think, think we're not going to have like actual elections for quite some time. But you know, that's me. And I I saw enough corruption <laughs> this time around, right? So maybe next next election season. I, we'll you know, I disagree with that. I I think that one of the nice things about us being so spoiled as Americans with our freedom is that um, uh, we expect freedom war we i mean yes there's a certain amount of uh we take it for granted but i think the the sort of positive side of people taking freedom for granted is that if it really is taken away people are going to throw a fit um in a way that you might not see in other parts of the world because they're not as used to having the kind of freedoms that we do so i don't know because other places have had freedoms and had them taken away i mean I, I don't think that we're the only country in the world that has freedom so um and there have been other so i have also been like well if it's happened to other people why wouldn't it happen to us right because we're mm-hmm. also very accustomed to being comfortable and that not like yeah so i i just feel like regardless we need to not wait for this blowover in four years right this is not like okay hit the snooze alarm wake up in four years and see what happens do you know what i mean like but i don't think that's what the i mean what portia was saying was really that this is an opportunity for us to come together and create things on our own regardless of whether it's for four years or eight years like there's no time constraint on that it's not like oh i i don't think she's saying just be active and and take initiative for four years and then you're done getting stuff done can take at least four years also yeah you see what i'm saying so i think if if people like just assume the stuff is not coming back and get it done right oh okay yeah that's what i'm saying just assume this is not coming back don't think oh well you know in four years we'll change it'll be better again no don't think that way do you know what i'm saying right like assume it's gone and, and, and build what and you step need up. to from that. Right? You know, like yeah. it's one of the things that we had a conversation about last night again with Paul Sprawl, the guy <laughs> that's, that played last night. Um, uh, and there, you know, it was really interesting talking with them because it, it's one of those things that makes me realize like how not radical I am. I'm so not <laughs> radical. When you meet someone else. I'm so who's... middle of the road. <laughs> you, you people have no idea. And so some people probably do have an idea. They're probably like, God, she's so conservative. But um, uh, yeah, I'm not a radical by any stretch of the imagination. And there are lots of people that are way left of me. And Paul and his lovely life were two of those people. Um, but, you know, uh, having lived in Holland for, for 10 years, right? Like we have, most Americans have these perceptions of... And Holland has some great policies, right? There are some things that they do very, very well, and they're really beautiful, and I would love to see some of those things implemented here. But one of the things that was really interesting with continental Europeans in general versus, like, British people or Americans, Americans. Brits and Americans don't... We don't expect our government to come through for us. We just don't. (laughs) You know? Like, we have been even in the best of times they've let us down tremendously you know and so if there's a problem 
then there is a little bit more citizen initiative. Right. Right. To, People are more quick to say, well, clearly the government isn't going to help us. We need to take the initiative here. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I think that if you if you if you allow space and create space for communities to come together, communities will come up with these amazing solutions. Right. Because mm -hmm. they're all right there. They're living it every day. They see what's going on. And like, yes, we can take templates from other places and use it as an example. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. But it um, has to be customized. But it has too. to be customized. The community right. has to be involved. And so, um, and, and Brits and Americans are accustomed to being disappointed by their government. So they get going, you know? And like, yeah. me, like especially when you're looking at Northern Europe that, that do have these amazing government programs and interventions and subsidies and, and they have incredible results, right? Like, in the Netherlands, they're they're closing prisons down because there's not enough people to put in them. Wow, that would be nice. How yeah. fascinating, right? <laughs> right. Like, so um, you know, so it's it's things like this that are just like really fantastic. But at the same time, I noticed that when there's a problem in the community, people will just scream for the government to do something about it hmm. instead of. They see it themselves. as the government's responsibility. It's the government's responsibility. And in a lot of ways, I see, I, I re, you know, I recognize the validity of that idea when it comes to like public good and public health. I do think it is. I mean, there's lots of different, you know, you can have long debates about the role of government or whatever. But, um, and I think it's great for government to provide subsidies to provide, to help people get the resources they need to implement their ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but like, having an involved citizenry is like that is really what's going to make things function right yeah. is people getting off their couch getting off facebook right. and actually like interacting with with the people in their community do you and, know what i mean and in that way nothing's really changed mm. you know i mean we are accustomed to be being disappointed by our leaders yes and uh which is ironically one of the reasons that trump got as much support as he did despite all the terrible things he said right. about various groups of people right. is you know i think i mean i did hear from some trump supporters that they're like i just wanted someone different you know and they were and willing to overlook <laughs> right a lot of stuff so now to get a lot of different. those people are also very disillusioned yeah. right and so i um, think yeah so we're gonna see so we're all more. disillusioned right and i think if we like embrace the disillusionment right like this is this is, these are tower times, right? With, and I think we've talked about this before, like within the realm of tarot, um, card number, is it 15 or 16, is the tower card, right? And the tower card is all your disillusions crashing down, right? Um, all your, you know. All your illusions. All your illusions crashing, crashing down. down. So, um, and so it, it looks like a terrible card, right? There's this right. crumbling tower and people are falling out of the tower and there's this big bolt of lightning coming from this dark and gloomy sky. And, and so it looks horrible, you know, because yeah. like, like the tower and the death card, when they get played in front of you, it's always just like, oh, you know, so like readers spend a lot of time like, you know, saying, well, I know it looks terrible, but he's good in this way, you know? And so um, the tower is one of those cards, like your illusions come crashing down and it feels awful. And the more yeah. attached to those illusions we are, the, the worse worst that is. ride is, you know? But at the end of the day, like when the illusions come crashing down, then we have, we have an opportunity to 
to build something new, right? Mm -hmm. And to really sit down and think about what is it that we want to build? How are you going to, what are you inaugurating into your life, right? Are we going to like cling to the same illusions and try to build it all up again? Are we going to really sift through those illusions, mourn them? Because some of them are beautiful, right? Like there's really beautiful ideas. And I think a lot of people build these illusions on beautiful ideas. Like there's Mm -hmm. these heart wishes that we have and or like we, these, these, uh, you know, the good old days illusion, right? Of, right. Oh, back in the day when everything was perfect. Hind- hindsight <laughs> is so rosy, isn't right? it? Like that talk about rose-colored glasses, the ones that you look through, there's like, they're perched on our shoulders, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, for the, I mean, you know, we all think it was great when we were 20. I mean, like life was great when we were 20 because we were 20 and we were, you know what I mean? Like gorgeously oblivious to. Right. (laughs) And so, yeah. And actually that was, you know, that got me thinking just now that, um, um, you know, a lot of people, those people who voted for Trump because, um, you know, they didn't want the status quo or politics as usual. They wanted something different. Well, I think that. I, you know, there's the, I want something new and then there's the, but first you have to tear down the old thing. And so Mm. I kind of wonder if in a way those people are going to get what they want, but I haven't sort of bargained for the fact that they have to first live through the destruction of that thing that they didn't like. And if there's anyone who can... Yeah. destroy things at the federal level as Donald right. Trump. Right, <laughs> and, and his cabinet. Yeah, they're going to do yeah. a great job on that yeah. front. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. And so I think, think, I think you know, immediately after the election, there were a lot of people that were immediately disillusioned, right? There right. were a lot of people that were really heartbroken. There have been a lot of people that grieving tower the started crumbling The tower November started crumbling 5th. in November 5th for a lot of people. And, and now I think it's starting to crumble for others, right? I'm mm. sure there are people watching these confirmation hearings that are absolutely horrified. I'm sure there are people that voted for him enthusiastically that are absolutely horrified. Um, and, and so, and so it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so now we get a chance to build what we want. And, and the thing about like where we're going to focus our energy, right, is like if we're focusing on tearing down, then then there's this like there's a gap between tearing that down and having the new, right? Mm-hmm. You create this vacuum, and and what steps into the vacuum? Oh, it's hard to even imagine right now. But what, something worse. What than steps that. into the vacuum is even worse, you know? So Can be. Usually is right. Right when you're talking about vacuums. Because like, usually when you're replacing an, systems, an it's something different, right? When you're replacing something. something, it's different. But I, so it was watching Game of Thrones that got me thinking about this, right? right? And and uh, and saw how the vacuums got used by different characters in that, and how just absolutely horrific it was, right? So like in this world, it's already horrific. Like there's stuff that even makes you it's like, wait, no, it can get it worse. Can get worse. <laughs> it can so get worse. And so um, yeah, like. So I started asking nature, like, so how do you do this, right? How, how do we replace something without creating a vacuum? Um, For something awful. Right. right. And um, so, you know, that like, what I got was that you you just start building. You start growing the new thing. Yes. Before you yes. destroy so the So you don't thing. even... You don't even need to put energy towards pulling the old down. 
right? You just focus on, that's the mail coming in. You just, the kitchen table alchemy, right? So we get like household noises we all the time. We are literally at the kitchen table. We are literally at a kitchen table right now. So we hear the mailman, we hear dogs barking, we'll hear the young guys. FedEx delivery guy, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, it's it's not about pulling the old system down. And I think we can all trust that Trump's going to, he's got that under control. Um, but like really focusing on, on building what's coming, right? Yeah. And when the resources and the attention and the focus and the energy is largely going to the new, mm-hmm. then then the old withers away on its own. Right. Right. So So we as the people have an opportunity to start building things mm. and planting those seeds and, you know, start the saplings, if you will, of the new things that we want to see in the world. And and actually you know, as we were talking just now, I, I was thinking, I'm not sure that Donald Trump really will tear down the old system. I, I think he's going mm. to work the system mm. to, for his gain. And so, but I think what will happen is that people will see that that's what's going on. And that if anything, the old system has become even more corrupt. And right. then I think, like, we... concepts of democracy, he will turn down. Yeah, so... <laughs> the oligarchy will be built. <laughs> so there will... Yeah, but if we're building new mm. things in the meantime, you yeah. know, and then that way when people do finally get fed up um, with the old, there's already something new yeah. that that resource and intention can be shifted yeah. to. And I think, too, like what Portia had said, there will be no leadership. There will be no federal leadership, right? Yeah. I think that's something that... And I've seen lots of people, too, talking with the progressive movement as well. Like, oh, we need a bright, inspiring new leader. I think we need Not, to just if stop anything, waiting for that. Yeah, you know? if you look at our society, we and we were talking about this last night at the House Concert, too, is that you know we've become very good at crowdsourcing things. Yeah. I mean, that's become a much bigger part of our culture. We're much more used to the idea of citizens getting together to make things happen. And there are tools and platforms in place to do right. funding and, and to get the word out. So um, if anything, this is a time when that sort of thing is um, the infrastructure is there to build. Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, next yeah, thing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And um and so, yeah, like stepping into that space and not, like, we are the ones we have been waiting for. Yeah. Right. I mean, and did you ever, there was, um, uh, and I can't remember now what book this was from, but there was, there's um, this idea that, I don't know if it was called the starfish principle or whatever, but the analogy mm. was you have, um, there's two different types of ways of organizing uh, an organization or system or whatever. And one is sort of the, um, like you have a snake, right? And it's got the head. And then if you cut off the snake's head, the body dies. But then with the starfish, um, it it doesn't have a head. It doesn't have like that central thing that you can cut off. And if you cut off one of the limbs, all the other limbs still are there. And then the other one grows back. Right. right and right, and right. that is how, um, in one of the examples they use in the book is like, you know, terrorist organizations, that's why it's really hard to get rid of them because they don't have just one leader. And even when they do have, you know, someone very prominent like Osama bin Laden, there's still plenty of other leaders. And so that's sort of a negative example of that. But then they, another example was AA 
and how it's a very much, you know, every community has its leaders and it's it, it's a decentralized yeah. type of leadership structure. And what's great about it is you don't have to, first of all, you don't have to have that one charismatic, inspiring leader. Right. And if you do and something happens to that person, it doesn't destroy the whole organization. It yeah, can totally. be based in that those kind of organizations are based on values, based on a code of... Right. conduct and right um, there's like central values right. and a central sort of mo and then people lead locally based on the value structure yeah 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 and it makes me think too um when i was living in the netherlands um uh we had an, uh, one of marco's cousins was living with us while she did her graphic education right her boyfriend was in the dutch military he was in the dutch army and had done a couple of tours um I want to say Afghanistan, but I'm not totally sure on, on but it was somewhere in the Middle East, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and he was talking about, and I heard this from British, um, I believe I heard this from British soldiers as well, that when you're doing these like operations, like multinational operations, right? So you've got a French unit, a Dutch unit, an American unit, you know, um, so, the, you know, these guys watch how the other militaries do things right and so um her boyfriend was telling me how whenever they were doing maneuvers with american with american units it was so easy to tell who the leader was huh, right really? there's like the leader and his right hand man and then just a bunch of goons that they sent in different directions right i mean this this was his description wow um and he's like, all you had to do was watch them for half a day to be able to tell who was in charge and who was following orders and, you know, pick their guy off and the unit would go into total chaos and you'd be able to capture them. Oh. Right. Whereas the, the Dutch units were trained. Everybody in the unit was trained to take over leadership if necessary. It was much more web based as opposed mm -hmm. to pyramid based. So everyone was trained to take over leadership. But of course, everyone had specific talents right so mm -hmm. you got put in a role based it was definitely strength-based leadership mm -hmm. right so everyone got put in a role that fit their talents and and what they liked doing but they were all trained to take years. over yeah they were all trained if they needed to step in that position they, they knew what to do do you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying so so mm -hmm. it, it makes the fabric of that a lot stronger right. and it's something that i did see in the workplace in the Netherlands as well, right? Like I remember hearing, um, so I was Secretary of International Contacts at the Mathematical Institute in Utrecht for several years. And one of the other, one of the other women on the administrative staff, I remember hearing her fussing at a, at a professor to quit making his own copies, right? Because she was like, look, the the university is paying you all of this money to do things that are without that are outside of my capacity right quit wasting your time and the university's money making copies <laughs> go do the things that only you can do and let me take care of this right mm -hmm. and it was such a different idea than what i'd been raised with right like but at the same time there was no management lunchroom there was no executive toilets do you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. like everybody ate lunch at the same table 
right? So, so it was much more sort of web-based that there isn't, people have certain roles based on their capacities, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make somebody better than, right? So there was no like totally crappy cafeteria for like students Little and admin. Yeah. Pole, right? <laughs> um, and, and then, you know, professors have their lunchroom and management has theirs, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, it didn't, it didn't work that way. So, um, so, and I think those are the kind of things that we need to be, need to be thinking right now, right? Like there's this, um, this saying I taken, it was a scrawl on the wall somewhere in San Francisco and I took a picture of it, but it said, it is easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. (laughs) Right? Like, so, and, and so it's now is a time for us to start challenging our imagination, right? Like, so what would this look like? How would we do this? Do we set up bartering systems? Do we set up community organizations that take care of this? Do we have an after school program that runs out of somebody's living room because the schools have just completely like melted down? Like, do you, I mean, like how, how, what are the things that are really important to us? Where is our training? Where is our passion? What do I have on, what do I have to offer? And, and how, who can I team up with, you know, to have the, to have the greatest impact? Okay, so uh, we decided we'd also talk about dreams today, and I was just telling you before we started recording that um, I had like a bunch of dreams this morning, and um, the last one I felt like it was trying to tell me something, but then when I woke up, I was like, I don't know what it was saying exactly, (laughs) And, and normally my dreams are just like randomness. It's just like random weird stuff happening. Um... And sometimes I can tie it to, like, especially when you have those dreams where you're, like, naked or something. Right. It's like, oh, I feel insecure about something that's going on in my life. Or so sometimes there's vague things like that that I can trace to something. General anxiety. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But, um, uh, but yeah, I guess you know more about, like, dreams and how to And how to, like, what to do with when it's, like, this noodly weird world. Right. (laughs) But you have this feeling that, okay, I I know something was there, but I don't really know how to extract it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I've also been, the the dream world has been kicking it up for me lately as well. Um, And I think we're we're going to see that for a little while. Um, and since we're building a new thing and maybe we don't know what it is, then, you know, maybe taking a step a by step ideas. and trying to figure out like, okay, well now what, now what, now what do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times too, I think this process of building a new life for ourselves and a new world for ourselves, right. Um, really does have this process of you're not really knowing whether the next thing you're stepping on is a turtle or a rock and if it's going to hold you or dip you down. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But, but it's rather than seeing the entire map of where we're going to be headed, we just get a couple steps at a time, Mm -hmm. right? It's really, really common. So, and that's where the sort of idea of faith comes in. I think a lot of people use the word faith, as synonymous with religious practice, right? Or Um, even like, don't question things. Sometimes, especially in the context of religion. Yes, just have faith. Right, just believe in what I'm telling you. Don't question it. Don't doubt it. (laughs) And my concept, I think this is faith, right? Like only seeing one or two steps ahead of you 
but trusting your guidance to continue to move forward, right? right. And it's something that we see like in films all the time. Like I think mm-hmm. Indiana Jones is probably one of the first ones. Um, once had like a whole season, Once Upon a Time, had mm-hmm. like a whole season of having kind of scatter out um, you know, like there was all this stuff going on in, in the underworld. And so to get this bridge across bridge out of the underworld, they had to trust that this bridge was there that they couldn't see. Mm. And once they stepped out on it, it became apparent. Right. right. Same thing like Indiana Jones, right? That right. scene. Yeah. So like that to me, when I think faith, that's what I think. It's a it's it's a thing that happens, right? And we have to trust that and step out on it. And dreams are certainly way to be able to tap into that guidance. But then what do we do with all these noodles when we need, we need poles for building. Right. (laughs) So like, um, and my, um, my sacred arts teacher, Brianna Saucy has got a pretty, um, a pretty useful and easy, sometimes depending on the dream, it can take a while, but, um, a pretty useful sort of decoder. Oh, do uh, tell. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, basically, and so first of all, uh, I do want to say, and you've probably noticed this if you've ever like looked at dream dictionaries, right? Like some dream, a lot of people will, like get a dream dictionary and they want to look everything up in the dream dictionary. Yeah. And then they're even more confused at the end of it. I than didn't they know were there at the was beginning. There is such, such a, a thing, thing as, as a dream dictionary. Okay. And there are lots of, you pick up five different dream dictionaries and you're going to have five different symbolism for things. Oh, um, right. And a lot of them also seem to have been penned based on ideas from like the Victorian age, right? <laughs> so they have right. very different associations with the things around us than we do, right? right. So yeah. you are always the authority on what things mean to you. Right. So Because what some particular thing may have different symbolism to you personally than exactly. it might to someone else. Exactly. Right. And like there's definitely something to be said for these sort of messages coming from from the sort of collective consciousness, right? That that bubbles up through our subconsciousness. So there are lots of dreams and themes and things like this that we all share mm-hmm. and things can come up from that space. But, um, but, but our interpretation of that is gonna be the one that our subconscious knows us best, right? And mm-hmm. the language of the subconscious is images, right? It, it works in images right. and, and yeah. things like this. So. Um, so it's trying to talk to us. So if we if we take like keeping a, a a journal really close to your bedside where you can get things down really quickly, um, it's like kind of as step soon as one. You wake up, right? Yeah, because you know they like as the day goes on, they fade more and more. Right. A lot of times, well, like right? the three that I had this just this morning, um, like I had one, and then I kind of woke up and went, oh, that was just a dream. And then I had another one, woke up and went, oh, that was just a dream too. They, the first both two like were both nightmares. like my, nightmare type ones. And then the third one, I remember, but so I remember the first and the third one, but I cannot oh, tell you the what second. the middle one was. Yeah. Yeah. So like sitting down to write that right away mm-hmm. is really powerful. And it's also really interesting to go later and see these dreams, right? Cause there's, there's some dreams that I've had. I had these dreams 15 years ago and I remember them like yesterday. They're so clear. Oh, right? I've had a few. Yeah. Like really. Yeah. Really, really powerful liminal yeah. dreams. Right. So there's been a few that I've had, but then there's others that I totally forgot. So like looking through an old journal and seeing an old dream 
it's like, oh, wow. And at the time, I'm like, I have no idea what this means, right? Uh Um, And now I read it, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like, now I understand the symbology in that, right? Because I have a few more experiences or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but something to sit down and work with it. Like, write the dream out as soon as possible. And then um, on another sheet of paper, write down all the nouns that are in the dream, right? Okay, So, so any things or people. Or right. places. Yes. See those places. Yes. Yeah. And okay. some 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 things you can see have a little more significance. Certainly those things you're like, I was at my grandmother's house, but it wasn't my grandmother's house, but it was my grandmother's house. Like mm-hmm. those kinds of things that happen in dreams. Like that like recurring you... things too. Yeah. Like I've noticed this weird thing that a lot whenever I have like a dream about my ex husband doing something, like like overstepping his boundaries or whatever. It's almost always at my dad's house, not where I live now, not at the house that we lived in where we're married. It's always at my childhood home. And I'm like, what's up with that? I don't wow. know. Like the one of these this morning was like that, too. I was like, well, clearly that's not real. Cause I'm not living there. <laughs> you're not living there. But it is like where you got your idea of how the world works. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so it can be seen within that frame, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sort of beginning of the story of Abraham is leave your father's house, right? Mm-hmm. Like leave the way that you've always done things, leave the status quo. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, so it's thinking about those kind of things, right? Like what the, but they can also mean certain things as well, right? Like Holland means a certain thing to me. So when I'm in Holland in a dream, then, then I understand what that means for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, uh, but yeah, so if you like make a, a, a list of what the nouns are and then just with one or two words, right? You're trying to do this as, as briefly as possible. So in other words, don't overthink it. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, write your association with that. Okay. Right. So. Um, with the, uh, your association with the noun outside of the context of what was happening. Yes, exactly. Okay. What is, what does that mean to you? Okay. Right. So what, what. What does your ex mean to you? What does that represent to you, right? One or two words. Okay. You know? Um, So, like, just kind of going through and assigning this meaning to each of these. And then go back to the dream Mm -hmm. and put your meanings into it's like a okay. translator right? right it really is like a decoder ring okay you know so you're so, kind of making your own sleep dictionary yes basically, right? exactly and so then do you keep that paper with the nouns and the associations for later use as well or do you just do a new list every do you like add on to the list every time i always do a new list all together yeah um because sometimes those things can shift or whatever i mean you could compile your own dictionary and see what it means you know uh-huh. um i tend to have mine in a journal some people keep a dream journal right right so then it would be really really easy to flip back through and like oh i remember when that was in there somewhere else you know right and finding that or even having the dreams in one section and the compiling a dictionary in the others right um but that makes my head explode because i would want it alphabetical and (laughs) (laughs) and my head explodes but um so however you wanted to organize that to like you know whatever um, makes sense yeah whatever makes sense for you and makes you happy but um yeah, so like you going back through and reading that, then it becomes, um, then you start seeing like really clear messages, mm. right? Like right. I had had a dream um, a couple of nights ago that was really, really vivid. And so did that activity 
and rereading it with my, like I had an idea of, there were some, you know, and sometimes there's events that happen and you, you understand the meaning right away. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, and, and, um, mm. and it doesn't mean that that meaning, like you can get new meanings. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like I have what, one of my dreams that I had back when I was in high school that I still remember, um, like there was my interpretation of it, like right at that time. Mm-hmm. And then, which was the interpretation I held for many years. And then lately I've been seeing sort of other ways of looking at it. And, but it was based on something that was deeply rooted yeah. subconsciously. So it's going to have multiple layers. Right. Right. And because like, those kind of things affect your life totally. in multiple ways when yes. it's something that's really deeply. Absolutely. And nature doesn't have things that are one-time use and disposable right (laughs) and so and that operates in the sort of like emotional psychological spiritual world as well as the natural world right like it everything in nature has multiple uses Mm. and and then you know even in its death it still has multiple uses do you know what i'm saying like everything gets used over and over and over again so it has multiple purposes it's always serving multiple purposes and, mm-hmm. and dreams, dreams are no different really. So there's the, there's the, the thing that you're going to take away the day today. There's the things that, you know, you are still toying with the dream weeks later. And so you pull new meaning out of it. There'll be, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a both and thing. Right. You know? Um, so there's sometimes that you immediately understand a certain section, but there's one part that's really troublesome. And then you end up doing this sort of like decoding process and and find multiple meanings even for the parts that you already had an understanding of do right. you know what i mean so um and it's fascinating to see like how clear it is i mean it really is right so um and i'd had one a few nights ago and uh i was in business with all these different women mm-hmm. and was in holland and um we were doing something with uh with flowers so we were wanting the bulbs to expand. So we were growing the flowers, but then lopping the heads off to get, and then peeling the bulbs. This is one of the things that you do to get them to bloom more, right? Oh, okay. You peel the bulbs and replant them, or you peel the bulbs and refrigerate them more plant and, and you know, so the, you do these things to kind of like stimulate production and, stim, okay. you know, expand potential, right? right? So we were peeling the bulb, you know, lopping off the flowers and peeling the bulbs to get this other thing to happen. And Ilsa, the one who had grown up with us, like began making these little sculptures with with the flowers, with the flower heads, and they were tulips in this dream. Mm-hmm. So she started making these little sculptures with the tulips. Like, oh my god, those are beautiful! Thank you, because we were all a little heartbroken that these beautiful things are just piling up, right? <laughs> right. But they weren't serving what we were doing in that moment, right? right. So, um, so she started making these sculptures, and then at a certain moment, like I looked up, and she had. There were like these two, we were kind of in a courtyard and there were these two buildings that had sort of almost like steps going up, uh-huh. right? Um, and between the two buildings, and these are like four or five story buildings, she had stacked all these tulip heads to make these like murals, right? right? Oh, wow. It was stunning. And I'm looking at it thinking, oh my God, it's all, how did she get it done in the first place? And it's going to fall over. <laughs> and then I start feeling this breeze and I'm like, oh no, but they just like clicked into each other and spanned between these two buildings with this beautiful mural with all these tulip heads, right? And then people started coming out of their houses to look at it because it was so amazing. And we were so excited for Ilsa and we're like, like, oh my gosh, you could do this here and here and here. This is amazing. You should totally do this all the time, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, 
And and then this guy came out from some some doorway that was sort of back in the dark corner of the where the building was adjoining, mm-hmm. you know. It starts coming out and like, thank you everyone, thank you, like totally taking credit for the work. <laughs> and then like wanting to start charging admission and he was going to take the charge and like give her some tiny little percentage or whatever, but he was going <laughs> to keep everything. And one of the other ladies in our team came out and was like, oh no, I don't think so. Had absolutely nothing to do with you. You don't get to like yeah, co-opt this, you know, you're yeah. not going <laughs> to. So, um, and that, you know, it's basically when the dream, the dream ended. So it was a fantastic dream anyway. And I can already see like, look for the things that, you know, the, the things that of beauty that look like they need to be lopped off mm-hmm. and, you know, like do something with that rather than, right. um, rather than just, you know, like just focusing on the business or whatever, right. that there's something really beautiful that can happen that can, can as a byproduct of yes. whatever else you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. Like to pay attention to those kind of things. Right. right. And, um, but then when I did like the decoder, it was like, um, something like, uh, work in conjunction with community caretakers to, you know, to, mm-hmm. to enliven everyday space, like, was like, oh, wow, well, that's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's in conjunction with, but it's also a lot more specific and gets me to think about it in a very different way. And, right. you know, like, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's a pretty cool process. So a nice way to, like, pay attention to dreams and, and, and turn noodles into poles we can build things yeah. on. <laughs> and I think there's something really valuable with um, getting to know yourself better and whether yeah. that's through looking at your dreams or other things that are going on in your life. Um, uh, not just for the sake of navel-gazing, navel but if it's, I found that if I know myself better, then I'm less susceptible to... Um, predatory influences, yes. you know, like that guy in your dream, yes. right? Who comes along and, oh, let me, you know, take charge of what you're doing and profit from it and whatever, you know, that because there's always yeah. those kinds of people out there yeah. and um, who are looking to take advantage of, you know, whatever it is that we're doing and, and the better that we know ourselves and yeah. our motivations for things and, you know, the intentions that we're trying to set in the world the more likely we are able to see um, those other influences when they come along. Yeah, and be able to have that discernment between what what is true and in alignment and what's trying to hijack that. Right. So glad that you could join us today. And we are here to start a conversation, not be the conversation. So we would love to have you join us uh, around the digital campfire. Uh, You can come to the Facebook page, find Kitchen Table Alchemy, the group. um, And that's a great place to connect with other people, uh, talk about what we've been talking about, also to find out where our next pop-up podcast is going to be. And Pinterest, find us on Pinterest. So that article that you were looking for that you've scrolled through and you can't find it, it's probably on the Pinterest board. So uh, go find the Kitchen Table Alchemy group over on Pinterest. And for the latest episodes, you can go to our website, kitchentablealchemy.com, or you can subscribe through iTunes. And that way it's downloaded automatically. You don't have to remember anything. That's that's what I like. <laughs> so, yeah. So we've loved having you. Y'all come back now, you hear? here. <laughs>